Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. I gotta say, that was one very interesting weekend of racing. We had some head-scratching moments, some controversy, and arguably some of the best bumper-to-bumper, door-to-door action you'll see any given weekend. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. Let's start off, which personally I think was probably one of the best races of the year, the Truck Series at Mid-Ohio. Zane Smith, Parker Kligerman, what a show. I mean, if you look at the box score at the end of the day, it'll show Parker Kligerman leading 56 laps out of the 67 run, but this was something that, I mean, the Truck Series, I don't think I've seen before. These two guys going at it door-to-door, Bumper to bumper, banging off each other. And at the end of the day, you know, when push came to shove, no one stepped over the line. You got a really good finish. And Parker Kligerman, with, I guess you could say it's an upset special given the team that he's driving for, but just what a drive by him and that 75 team to get that out there and pick up his first win of the season. Uh, just a real good story all around for him. And Parker Kligerman's been a fan favorite for. A while, so it's certainly good to see him get a win. Certainly he has run well enough to get one. Hopefully this can roll over into a full-time ride next year. I know the team already mentioned they're looking for sponsorship. And it does seem different than when they've said it at other points. Uh, <clears throat> and just, I mean, Kleggerman's run well enough that even without, if, if they were full-time, even without this win, he'd be in the playoffs. So I think the two guys, to me, the two guys right now, there are a couple other guys like Trevor Bain, I think it might be in the discussion, but the two guys right now that were not full-time in anything this year that should absolutely be full-time in something are Kligerman and uh, Ryan Priest. Kligerman's always been a weird one. He's always been the fan favorite outside of the KBM ride, which was so great that Kyle refused to even drive it. Uh, he's always done pretty well, I feel. And it, he's a marketable guy. He's on TV a lot. has a lot of fans. And I mean, just a product of not being able to find the money. And it, it's just, it is weird because we've had other guys who aren't, don't have connections to money, uh, like a, a Landon Castle, for example, although that money may not be there anymore, uh, find money and be able to take advantage of it. And Parker just hasn't been able to. And it's been unfortunate, but hopefully this turns into something for him. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to, you know, I think it should be noted too, like that team, that was the last triple truck challenge race. 50 grand for them is probably, you know, a good chunk of change. So that's also something really good to come out of it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels weird when it's just the one, like, I don't know, just feel like it should just be part of the purse almost, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, obviously the money will help. I actually think, I know Parker mentioned he gets paid by winnings. So a large chunk of that probably is actually going to go to him, uh, which I mean, I think in this kind of situation, he, he certainly deserves it. No, I mean, he had a, a dominant day, started second again, led 56 laps. Really, the only one that was able to contend with him was Zane Smith. And I think we got to talk about Zane here after that type of performance. Just normally in those truck races, when you get to the end like that, somebody always seems to overstep the line and do something dumb and cause a wreck. And, you know, I, I think we both think Zane Smith's a pretty damn good driver and he is going to have a spot somewhere in the sport for years to come. 
But you really saw him win over a lot of people, just, you know, the fans I'm talking about in this case, just with how he raced Kligerman at the end. Really clean. You know, they bumped and banged, and no one, neither one of them stepped over the line. That was just really good, hard racing. And that's something specifically, I feel like, in the truck series sometimes that these guys just don't do. I mean, I get it. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. This group of drivers, they they are not this, this generation. And we see it in the Xfinity series too, but it certainly seems to roll over into the truck series, especially with people that are just bringing a check and racing a car. They are not afraid to wreck equipment. No. Uh, for better or for worse. It's the generation these guys are, and you don't have, and it hasn't been this way for a while, but obviously in the 80s, and this started going away in the 90s, but guys were in the shop working on the cars themselves, and even even in the 90s and the 2000s, I feel like guys spent a lot more time at the shop still. So, like, if you're out there tearing up equipment, your team's not going to like you. Mm-hmm. And now, I, just, I don't know. I, it just it's, it's definitely different. And I think it's... It, I don't know if, if one led to another, but it certainly seems to be more of a disconnect between these drivers and them caring about their equipment itself, really. So it was definitely great to see Zane race him clean uh, all the way through. Uh, it was a nice hard race, and Parker came out on top. But, I mean, Zane Smith is going to be rewarded for his efforts. As he's effectively won the regular season championship. He needs to get uh, one two points, basically. So one stage point or not, or whatever that would be, 34th. Mm-hmm. Um, or John Hunter... Or John Hunter Nemechek or Chandler Smith have to not get absolute maximum points, win both stages, win the race. So by the time I imagine there's a pretty good likelihood by the end of stage one that Zane Smith is, and honestly, even before, depending on if cars crash out, Zane Smith will be the official regular season champion. So much for that potential points battle. A couple of weeks ago, it looked like it was going to come down to the wire and. Turns out not so much. Zane Smith able to put up some I, pretty good results, and you know his competition not so much. They are obviously closer to the playoffs than everyone else, just because I mean they have one race. Uh, no other series has a favorite, I think, and I'd argue pretty strongly that there. You know, it might be two guys, maybe in the Xfinity series, three or four guys that are the favorites, but there is not one favorite. Uh, in the Truck Series, Zane Smith is the championship favorite. Anyone that obviously, I would not be shocked if he doesn't win, especially in this format. But he is the championship favorite right now. I don't know what the odds say. I haven't looked at him, but if Zane Smith should be at least double what anyone else is, I guess half, depending how you want to look at it. Right. I mean, honestly, this might sound crazy, but the person closest to him in terms of being the favorite, it might be someone who hasn't even won yet, and that's Carson Hosevar. He had another really good run on Saturday, came home third, still banged up with that leg injury that he suffered at Gateway. I mean, I think John Hunter Nemechek, obviously, if they could figure it out, could give Zane a run for his money, but that team, it's not even just him. I mean, he had issues. Chandler Smith, while he did get a top 10 finish, had to come from the back of the pack. Um, Corey Heim, who did sit on the pole, I believe, he had a transmission issue. So KBM right now, they're they're going through some problems, and that's uh, not good with the playoffs just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I still think they're... 
uh, Hosovar's problem is just that he doesn't have stage or uh, playoff points. He's not going to get all that many from the regular season uh, champion or regular season standing. I think he is currently eighth right now and could maybe move up to seventh, but he wouldn't move up much more than that. That's his biggest thing right now. He absolutely has the speed to where if he had the playoff points, he could get through without a win. Uh, but because they don't have the playoff points, they can't have any mistake. Uh, if they can start actually winning races, though, I would uh, 100% agree that Carson Hosovar, based on the speed they've shown, is probably the second guy. Uh, just wanted to actually go look at the championship odds because I have not looked at them. Because normally like, I, I can't bet on them, so I don't. Yeah, uh, DraftKings actually doesn't have any for the truck series. Oh, they don't have any for the truck series. Yet, showing so. no love. I got Xfinity odds, I got cup odds, but when it comes to the actual. Uh, championship odds for the trucks they are not up there so unfortunately we don't have anything but i would i would tend to agree with you it's it's probably zane smith it's something like plus 200 maybe 300 and then after that you're probably going to have a drop off you know four five six hundred for the next guy depending on what zane is slotted at i imagine we might get championship odds after uh i guess next weekend after pocono Mm -hmm. I know, but you know, on top of just the great race, I mean, we had some guys who and girls <laughs> who needed some good well, finishes. Girl. Oh, girl, yeah, there was only one in this race, but you know, just looking at the back half of the top ten, um, Kaz Grala seventh. I think you would expect that at a road course from him. Derek Kraus. You, you, you I know, don't well, disagree, mm-hmm. uh, but this is, and this was a little surprising to me, and there have not been a ton of them, but this is his first top ten in any NASCAR series this year. He hasn't really done a ton of races, I feel like, though. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he was supposed to do more. You know, he's done a couple cup races for the money team. He's done five Xfinity races. Six cup or six truck races. It just doesn't seem like it. It's odd. Like, I don't know why, but I guess, I don't know. I know he was going to be running for, you know, Young Motorsports, but I I thought he was going to have more races, but. You know, at least at least he got a good showing out of it this past week, coming home seventh. Uh, Derek Krause, I'm sure we'll talk more about him when we get into the points. He needed a good run today, not or on Saturday, not quite good enough, but he does get a top ten, does close that gap on Matt Crafton with an eighth place finish. Uh, Kobe Howard, top ten, ninth place, two top tens for uh, Bill McAdally this weekend, so that's really good. And Haley right. Deegan, I don't know how she did it, but she somehow came home tenth there at the end of the race. Yeah, I uh, remember because the ticker was terrible all race, um, and I remember as they're crossing the line, it's updating, and uh, Haley Deegan's name pops up into into tenth there on the last lap. So, I mean, you know, she's hey, she's tied last year top 10 mark. So, not that that was that hard to do. Uh, for Colby, Colby Howard, this is his first career top 10 as well. Uh, career high finish for him. So, uh, looking at the cut line, uh, I mean, Crafton is still the guy on the cut line. Didn't have a great day, but we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Derek Krause, you mentioned finish eighth, but didn't get any stage points. That hurt what could have been a great day. Although he does still gain 10 points to the cut line, 19 back as they head into Pocono next week. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week, but it, uh, I don't think Crafton has to necessarily crash, but 
it is certainly an uphill battle for Derek Krause. I think Derek Krause is going to miss anywhere from zero to 10 points is my guess right now to where just with they've been able to gain, I think they could gain 10 points and then they will only miss because of the penalty they got. Was that last time out? At and, Nashville. Or yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, at Nashville. Uh, only other guy that could point his way in technically still is Tyler Ankrum. Uh, he finished 27th, but he did get seven stage points, gained four points to the cut line. But at 46 back, you're going to have to, if Crafton has issues, you're going to also have to have Kraus have issues is the problem. Uh, it's not just one guy. Both guys are going to have to have issues in order for you to point your way in. And you have to uh, have a good enough day that you get 46 points, which, I mean, is at least six. Right? And I, really, it's more because if you win, you win. It doesn't matter. So in all reality, that's at least 11 stage points uh, that Ankrum would have to get in order to point his way in. So uh, there are obviously still other guys that can win to get in uh, in the top 20 right now. Matt DiBenedetto, uh, Tanner Gray, Chase Purdy, Colby Howard, and Timmy Hill, all technically still alive in that they get a win, they get in. Uh, there are some other guys outside the top 20 that if they somehow got a win, they would need help. Although they're close enough that just the win might be enough points to push them over in the top 20. But I don't expect any of them to win. But I mean, hey, crazier things have happened to Pocono. That is true. Uh, inside the cut line, do you have anything on that? Yeah, I was just going to say to add to that, um, I think you were actually going to touch on it. I was probably jumping ahead there. But, you know, Grand End Finger, not quite safe but still looking pretty good he is a uh, a bit ahead of crafting right now looks like about i gotta be he, 18 he is, points uh yeah 18 points ahead of crafting yeah i think 22 22 points looking, 22 points ahead of crafting. I, 22 no he is uh 18. 26 points 26 ahead of crafting these these points are no you know what if you're on Racing reference, their points are off. I am not on racing reference. All right, all right, because I have racing reference, it looks like it's only 20. Regardless, I don't know. <laughs> but, he, you know, Endfinger probably safe, but, you know, he's he's just got to show up and make sure nothing disastrous happens. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, Yeah, uh, 47 points, though. Like, really, Endfinger, no one wins, he's going to be safe, because 47 right. points... It's going to be very, very hard for Derek Krauss to make up. Uh, that would be 12 stage points if Krauss doesn't win. If Krauss wins, it doesn't matter. Then it's just what Krafton does. So I, anything, as long as he doesn't crash, he's he's one of the guys that, like I said, we'll talk about next week. Pocono is like a road course and that it offers a strategy to go for stage points. Uh, if I'm Enfinger, I 100% go for those stage points. Mm-hmm. Like, without a doubt. Uh but yeah, Crafton uh, finished 18th, didn't get any stage points. Uh, got in a wreck pretty late that cost him. He was running around 10th, I think. Yeah, that late restart, yeah, and he got... So, so cost back. him a few points there. Uh, wound up losing 10 points at the cut line. Like I said, 19 ahead is still relatively safe, uh, especially because if Ankrum or if Kraus plays the stage point strategy, Crafton should easily be able to play the stage point strategy, and finish within a couple points there, and then all Crafton has to do is run top 15, and he'll be fine. So, Endfinger uh, finished 11th, but did collect five stage points, so he gains eight, point, eight uh, points on the cut line. Like I said, moved up to 47 over uh, Derek Krause, so sitting in a pretty good spot. Uh, I expect him fully to be fine, as long as they could just avoid 
a complete disaster. And like I said, even then, it'll probably take someone winning. So, moving over to Atlanta, where the other two races took place this weekend, starting off with the Xfinity Series. Very interesting race. I think it was like, it really felt like it was two different races. That first half, when the sun was really, you know, out and hitting the track hard, it really broke up the pack. I know both of us were watching it, and we were thinking, like, really dumb idea for NASCAR to prevent these teams from practicing, because at least the first half of the race was not anything like we saw back in the spring when these guys ran here. There were a lot of guys that were wrecking loose. Uh, it felt gave kind of like a early mid nineties plate vibe, uh, where you kind of, especially on Daytona, where you kind of had smaller packs. Uh, as the day got later, I don't know. It probably was some combination of teams getting a handling of their car along with cooling down a little bit, but it did settle back. Not quite into what we had for the Xfinity Series cars in um, in the spring, but still more closer to pack racing, although they still, you had, I don't know if the Chevys were just that much faster than everybody. Uh, if you were the tail car on that lead pack at the end and you weren't a Chevy, uh, they lost like three or four cars mm-hmm. in in uh, off of that tail pack at uh in that last like 40 lap run or what have you, or whatever it was. Uh, really felt like these guys though, don't know what they're doing. They, they don't. Uh, <laughs> they really did not. Austin Hill is definitely a good plate racer. Uh, has won now two of the plate races, this plate style races this year. Uh, although I guess the Xfinity series, because they do run the regular package, you could almost argue it's not. Or then at least don't run the full super right. package. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could at least almost argue it's not quite a plate race, but it's still they, everyone kind of expects it to be one. And Hill was in contention to win. I'm finished. I think second in Atlanta. Second in the, at Atlanta in the spring, in the spring and spring arguably could have won Talladega. Could have won Talladega. Definitely had the best car at Talladega. So knows what he's doing. RCR struggling in a lot of places, but they aren't struggling to give uh, Austin Hill strong plate cars. But the effort and everyone behind him was other than Ryan Truick. So I feel like was just hanging on for dear life. Clearly throughout that entire run, basically looked slower than all the other Chevy, all the Chevys is the Toyota. So slower than all the Chevys in the pack. Uh, Hemrick could pull right up to him like it was nothing. And I don't, I, it felt to me like if Hemrick had ever taken that run and just gone to the inside, Reddick would have just gone with him. And everyone else would have just gone with them, and they would have just left Ryan Truex out to dry. No, I, uh, I felt the same way on that. I think the only like thing was Emery Reddick, and I don't remember who else it was, but they did try to go at one point, and Hemrick just stood there, and then like it didn't work, obviously, because as long as someone keeps pushing Ryan Truex, it's not going to work. And the the only thing with Hemrick. Good for why I didn't think he was going to go is because he did have that damage on his right front from an earlier incident. And I don't know in his head if maybe he thought if I pull out, we're just not going to go anywhere, but you got to make a move. Truex was just holding everybody up. You have to do something. And then I love Josh Berry, but uh, I, he didn't to me do enough to try to win. That looked like somebody who lacked the experience in that situation. Absolutely. Like he, he tried yeah. to make a move. I'm not going to fault him for that. He at least tried to make a move. And I will never fault the second place guy for being okay running in second until the last lap. I still think it's 
more often, especially here in Daytona, going to be a losing move than a winning move, uh, just because a caution couldn't come out. And I mean, it's if you just sit there and it's one guy, then all the leader has to do is block one guy. But I at least get it because you're sitting there. You know, if a run happens, you're going to be the guy that benefits from it. Uh, but he just never seemed to lay back enough. Like he would fall back to where Ryan Truex was and didn't really push the envelope to get a bigger gap to Austin Hill. Like he would just fall back to Ryan Truex. And Ryan Truex, I think if he pulls out to try to pass you, I think Hembrick just follow, go pushes Josh Berry. And the other scenario is that then Ryan Truex slows down, Hembrick goes to the inside, then Josh Berry just drops down and takes the right, takes the push from Hembrick. It just, it just felt like he was willing to fall back to where uh, Ryan Truex was, but it wasn't enough of a gap for him to ever get a run on Austin Hill. Yeah, I, I feel like, too, I mean, obviously, I, I'm not listening to the in-car audio at this point in the race, but I almost feel like they maybe didn't relay the whole situation to Josh because, like, he never... I'm with you. He never dropped back enough, I feel like, to kind of get that run but with Austin just, Hill. He would just drop back to wherever exactly Ryan mm-hmm. Truex was and then go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a couple car lengths to Austin Hill at that point. Like, it's just not enough to get a run, especially with, quite frankly, a car behind him that I don't think was capable of pushing him to the lead. No. I think that's... It, it's funny. I think if you if you swap some of these drivers out, if you had a Chevy behind Josh Berry, I think it plays out differently. Austin Hill still might win because it does seem like out of everybody in this group, he's probably the best, you know, restrictor plate style racer out there. I mean, hey, at least in this series. Uh, Richard Childress uh, compared yeah. him to Dale Earnhardt. So That's, I don't know about that, but, you know, he's he's good. He's good. I will give him that. Austin Hill, obviously, a couple plate wins in the Xfinity series, has a win in the Truck series at Daytona as well. So he knows how to get it done on these, you know, types of races. I, I races. think he's in a pretty solid spot to make the uh, round of eight for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It'll have a, a plate race in that in that round of twelve with uh, Talladega, and. From there, it'll be a little bit tough. Although Martinsville, a track that Jerem did struggle at in the spring, so might open the door there a little bit. But I mean, I think he's a solid. Con- I I think bar he'll, barring anyone else, even if he doesn't win Dega, as long as one of those other guys that are like your Hemricks or Herbst, Mayer, I'll even Mayer probably can point his win just because of how consistent they are. Uh, Sieg, if none of them win, I think Austin Hill can point his way into the final eight either way. Mm-hmm. Just it's a good, he'll, he'll get points at Talladega. Yeah, um, I think he's setting ahead. himself up, he's gonna need help. I'm not gonna say he's gonna race his way into the final four, but you know, if you go out there and you win Daytona and then you win Talladega, that's 10 more playoff points you carry into the round of eight. If any of these guys that we view as favorites have problems. He could maybe slip in, you know, slip in there, but I, the he's pro- going to need some help. Yeah, because the problem on raw speed, I would say he is it, with, with driver and equipment the seventh guy in the series, probably. Because I think all four JRM cars have more speed than him. Not necessarily better racers, but just the cars themselves have more speed. Almendinger is a better racer. I honestly don't know if that car actually has more speed. Yeah, I, I, still, I don't know either. I I cannot. I think with the speed they have, Amendinger has no shot 
at the actually winning the championship, but it has been one of the more impressive performances I've seen from someone um, because that car clearly lacks the speed and they still are hanging on to the points lead. And obviously he's benefited from a couple plate wins or uh, sorry, road course wins. And I mean, really even road America wasn't even that strong of a performance from him. He didn't, he didn't get very many stage points, if any, um, but strong uh, a win not a very strong race at coda win at portland and they have three more road courses two more in the regular season yeah yeah walkins um, glenn and the road course and then the roll in the playoffs so yeah. i mean he'll still set himself up nicely and he's still aj almaninger but i still think he's ahead of austin and obviously ty gibbs after that is when it's a lot closer uh you have riley herbst who has been better you have Brandon Jones, who's okay. They, they, he, he kind of in his entire career, I feel like, has gone up and down. Like he'll have streaks where he does really well, and then they'll get cooled off for a while. Uh, but could certainly, obviously, go out and win a race. Uh, but I think Austin Hill is that seventh guy, that first guy behind that group. Uh, honestly, could probably go toe to toe with Mayor just because Mayor still kind of. He mentioned it in the in his uh, interview after he crashed uh, kind of slipping back in the mayor of last year over the last month or so where they just, they have the speed, but they're just not finishing the races. Yeah, and I not, expect uh, him to not, get it under control, but it has been a bad month for him. Yeah. Not, not a good moment at Atlanta where, you know, he just kind of yeah, cleared just, himself on Jeffrey yeah, Earnhardt himself over, over Jeffrey Earnhardt and just wrecked himself. And, <laughs> Or, I mean, kind of looks like Jeffrey Hart maybe came back down, but it didn't matter at that point. That's, oh, yeah, that's no. fair game. So. That's, yeah, if you're going to crowd somebody into the wall, you, you got to expect something like that to happen in return. So uh, Right now, though, the, obviously, I think most of us expect the gap to widen a bit with some of the upcoming races in the next month. But Almendinger Gibbs and, and uh, Justin Allgaier are all within 30 points of each other. Uh, Gregson, I think, would be just over 30 if he didn't have a penalty. I think he'd be about 33. Uh, I mean, that, but those three, I think, is where your regular season champion comes from. I don't think Gregson's shown enough speed to close the like now 60 some point gap uh, over the next few races. Uh, I think he'll he'll obviously close it some, but I don't, uh, over three guys, I don't I don't think he'll be able to to erase it over all three of them. So I think your regular season champion comes from those three. And we'll see once we get back to the ovals. That's kind of been what, especially just regular ovals, like still, it fe- it feels like the JRM dominance was a while ago. But I mean, the one oval we've gone to in the last like month and a half, they won. The one regular oval, not plate style. Mm-hmm. They, they go to Nashville and Justin Allgaier just dominates the race and, and wins. So I think what the last oval before that was Charlotte. Sounds right. It, and then they they dominated that race too. So it, it's easy, I feel like, to feel like all oh, the fields caught them. And they even talked about it in the broadcast. But these style of races, I don't, uh, this, these tracks, I don't think we can take anything from them in terms of, because that wasn't what they were strong at before. And when, if we go, or when we go to, uh, they go back to Richmond, I think they do. No. No, they no, don't. It's, okay. No, it's the just, trucks. It's the trucks. Okay. Yeah. Um, they obviously, like if Bristol, they could maybe struggle a little bit, but I think the ovals will continue to see them run very well and continue to win. Well, pretty so. good with them at Bristol just because it's concrete. I mean, they're pretty yeah, dominant could, at Nashville and Dover. I know Bristol's actually, a different we, animal. We, we could see 
it's weird because the the two races they struggled at this year, ovals were uh, Richmond and Martinsville. But Gregson had the best car at uh, Phoenix, and Allgaier had a top five car too. So this weekend in Loudon, I mean William Byron, we'll talk about it later uh, next in our next uh, episode. William Byron will probably just win the race. Um, He's three for three at races I'm at if he does. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But uh-uh. it'll, uh, I wouldn't be surprised really if Jerem wasn't as strong here just because this is, while they were good at Phoenix, like this is also like kind of in the same vein as like a Martinsville Richmond and that they're flat tracks and they definitely struggled there. Um, so, but if they go out, what's the next oval? Michigan? I mean, they go to Pocono, but that's on no. I mean, yeah, but Pocono still like if they struggle to Pocono, then I think you could really lead something into the idea that maybe the, uh, people have caught them if if they don't go out and do as well at Pocono as we've seen them do. So, um, yeah, uh, Josh very mentioned for the second place. Uh, he's now tied for the second most top fives in the series, and it's. Quite an interesting list. You want to take any? There's four guys on this list. Or sorry, three guys. Barry's one of them. You want to take any guesses to the other two? I think I'll double check, but I think Gregson's not one of them. But I think Gregson is, has the most top fives. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gregson has I, nine. There are I'd three say guys. Either Ty Gibbs or All Guy are just off the top of my head. So, so Gregson has nine. Both of those guys have seven. There are three guys with eight top fives. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't tell you. Maybe maybe Almondinger just very because obvious. of the uh, uh, Almondinger also has seven. Yeah, so I mean, there's only so, so many people a, in the Xfinity it's series. List: It's Josh Berry, uh, Austin Hill, and Sam Mayer. I don't know which one I'm more surprised with. Probably Austin Hill, because we don't feel like RCR is running good enough to where he should be up there. Sam Mayer makes a little bit of sense, because I feel like he does show top five speed, either finishes there or he wrecks. So I kind of wrap my head around that. Uh, I mean, the thing is, Austin Hill takes advantage of his opportunities. One Daytona, obviously. Uh, Second at the, the Atlanta race in the spring. Second at Coda. Fourth at Martinsville. Fifth at Texas. Uh, third at Portland, fourth at Road America, and one Atlanta. So only one banked oval that is in Atlanta, or this is a plate style race that he has a top five at, and that's Texas. Uh, but the other races where a team like Jerem certainly isn't as strong on the road courses, Martinsville, uh, he takes advantage of. So uh, that there is a mix of tracks in the playoffs. I think it'd be very hard for him to make the final four. Uh, but I would feel pretty safe that he makes the final, the round of eight. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty, pretty safe bet he'll make the round of eight. And like I said, even though I think he could be a dark horse for that final four, but he's going to need help. And you know, you're really at that point. You're banking on the fact, assuming he gets a couple more wins, because we do go to Daytona and Talladega. If he wins those races, like I said before, and you get ten extra playoff points going into the round of eight. Yeah, maybe you can make something happen if other people have problems. But, you know, since we're... Yeah. I, I think the issue with Austin Hill, too, is I think he is the peak of where he could be in points. I don't see him... He's uh, 63 points behind Gregson, and I don't see him catching Gregson. Uh, yeah. But 
Brandon Jones is 11 back. Uh, Sam Mayer, Riley Herbst are, are both further back at, at around 50 points, 50 and 60 points. But, I mean, if Sam Mayer goes on another top five streak, he could close that gap. So that, yeah. that's uh, Austin Hill has to just finish, six, get as many playoff points as you can because they're going to be critical if he wants to make that last round. Because I don't, right now at least, I don't think those those cars have the speed for him to win at any of our uh Final or our final round of eight tracks, right? Let's uh, unless you do you have before we look at the points, do you have anybody you want to highlight in terms of well, where they finished? You know, he was kind of a roadblock, but Ryan Triggs did finish third. <laughs> uh, it's his best Xfinity finish since uh, the first Phoenix race in 2019. Certainly hasn't been as impressive as Trevor Bain has been in the car, but I mean, been solid, been solid. Uh, Daniel Hamrick brought it home fifth, which uh, that's just the second top five of the season. Not a good title defense. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can go to the points. Uh, really, all I have is that Landon Castle is still the cut driver, but now his lead is up to 80 points over Anthony Alfredo. It was, I want to say, in the 70s, maybe the 60s before. Uh, so that gap's just wide. And Sheldon Creed has moved in to be that second guy, but he's he only gained like a couple points. He's 95 back. Yeah, I, so, I think Sheldon Creed's probably like looking at Austin Hill right now and just shaking his head over how his season's gone. When you have Austin, who's you know, like you just said, he's tied for second apparently with top fives in the series, so that's good. And then you look at yourself all the way down here in points, can't catch a break. He straight up beat you at the end of stage two. You know, he, he outraced you there. Um. I really don't know at this point what to make of Sheldon Creed. So it's just, he, he did spin out. He was able to use strategy to get himself back up there and ultimately came home in 12th. But this is just not close to probably how he envisioned his season going. No, not at all. Not at all. So. I, know, I think he's probably got one more chance to make the playoffs and it's probably going to be pretty hard to beat his teammate. So when we get to Daytona, that's going to be his Hail Mary shot, and we'll see what he could do when he gets there. That's probably the last thing that I could see happening that could possibly shake up this playoff race in the Xfinity Series. It's, uh, it's pretty dead <laughs> as of right now. Yeah, it, it it's going to... I mean, luckily, I mean, it, it would shake it up because Daytona is... Uh, not their cutoff race. Uh, so it would at least add some intrigue there. It's not like someone would win and that's it. It's They're in. I mean, they would obviously be in, but it's not like in the Cup Series where, oh, that's the end of the playoffs or the, or the regular season. So at least then it would still be a fight. Uh, but it's, I think at this point, that's it's going to take a complete blow up from Ryan Sieg or Landon Castle, which... There are some uncertainties with Landon Castle's sponsorship. I think Colleg would just fund the car, at least until it's eliminated from championship contention. Um, but Voyager did, I guess, I'm not involved, I'm not super involved in the, or into the crypto scene, but did, uh, I guess, file for bankruptcy, mm-hmm. uh, which is certainly not good for Landon Castle. Definitely not his future, that's for sure. Uh, but with how much money Colleg has, I I imagine they would, like I said, at least fund the car through it being eliminated in the playoffs. If they had a first-run exit 
and then shut down the car, assuming the Voyager money's gone, I would not be surprised. Uh, there's also, as which I would not be surprised either with where crypto was, uh, a chance that they paid for this entire sponsorship up front. That's what I heard. I did hear that rumor floating around. So if that is the case, Landon could potentially be good for the rest of this year. Um, but his future in terms of being in a quality ride, not looking too hot, especially with with how he's run this year. And that's that's unfortunate. I mean, he hasn't been impressive. I think we would have expected a lot more out of him. But, you know, I think it's safe to say he picked a bad time to go to college because yeah, the thing, cars he, aren't what they were. not getting outpointed by, um, by Hemrick all that much either. So mm-hmm. I certainly think it's less than what people expected from Landon Castle, but those cars are also less than what most of us expected them would be. They would be, so... Yeah, just a unfortunate situation there for Landon, and hopefully they can figure something out. You know, whether he's at Colleg or not next year, that's definitely going to be up in the air. But hope to see him around in the series next year, somewhere in the sport driving, because Landon is a you know he's a decent driver, and you know not everyone could go out there and win races. You got to have people kind of running there in the the middle, and it's always good to have somebody like that out on the track. So now going over to the Cup Series on Sunday, and this is probably the race that had the most controversy, the most action. And if you had any friends left, Ross Chastain probably doesn't anymore because he put on a, I don't even know how to describe it at this point. You're just leaving your head scratch, you know, leave there, I guess, scratching your head. Like, how many more people can he piss off at this point? <laughs> uh, you know, there was always. He certainly had a reputation even before he was in the uh, uh, the Cup Series. Uh, but I think a lot of us chalked it up to, well, you know, he is literally racing for his career. Like, straight up racing for his career. He's got to do good if he wants any kind of future, really. Uh, and then he got it, and now he just continues to tear, to tear up equipment that shouldn't be tore up. and. I 100% get, like, uh, Marx was talking, like, you know, I don't want him to change, and that's fine. I don't think most of us want him to, like, fundamentally change as a person, but you can't be tearing up this much equipment. You, you just can't. Uh, and I don't know if you heard his explanation for the wreck with uh, uh, Where Denny. He was blaming and saying, oh, it's not the well, same. Yeah, he car started damaged. talking about damage. Like, well, the car had already been damaged for a hot minute. It was still not, running up front. It was not new. Still you finished still, second. Still damn near won the race. So uh, I just don't buy that for uh, a second. I yeah. It's all, all BS. I think if there was a chance Denny was going to let it slide and not get him back at any point during the season, that's probably gone because like this one in my opinion this this might be worse than the gateway one because at least at gateway he stuck behind denny for a while it's hard to pass you could tell he kind of overcooked it in there that was more of an accident this well it's still an accident you're not going out there and intentionally spinning somebody at 180 miles an hour at a, a plate track he just went right up the track into him and yeah, it, it was one it, of it was the worse. dumbest things i've seen I know, and that wasn't even, you know, the only wreck he caused. There's the one with Martin Truex Jr. earlier in the race, which I 
I can't get a good angle on it. If Did he run into him first? Did Truex get loose first? I don't know, but when you've had as many issues as Ross Chastain has over the last two, three months, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt there. No. You're just not. Absolutely not. And he doesn't deserve I like Ross. I root for Ross. Uh, he has what's coming to him. <laughs> like 100 million percent has what's coming to him. Yeah. I mean... If it happens at New Hampshire, that'll, that'll be cool. I'll get a, a nice seat for it, but it, you have to expect if Denny's going to get him back, he's going to get him where it's going to hurt him the most, and that's sometime in the playoffs comes fall. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, uh, I am not of the opinion that you really get to just, like, bank these. I don't think that's fair game, honestly. But, I mean, it's clearly what Denny's going to do. Uh, and at this point... I think Ross probably deserves it. Uh, and also based on Denny's past history, congratulations, 2022 Sprint Cups, or I guess I'm not Sprint Cup, I'm Sprint Cup <laughs> in a long time. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series champion, Ross Chastain. At, at some point, or Daytona 500. Or know. Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's relative to your talent. Austin Dillon, yeah. not talentless like people think, but it's clearly never a championship caliber driver. Uh, Ross Chastain clearly is, so he's going to win the championship now. Yeah, you after. just... You just gave him the Bernie curse, man. Austin Dillon's going to go in the championship now at some point. Oh, oh boy, I'd be so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough about Ross. Ross is dumb. Yeah, He's let's let's dumb. talk about the winner of the race because he pissed off a lot of people well, too. Not the drivers. We'll, we'll start on the good note. Uh, dominated the race. He did dominate the race. Uh, won both stages, led the most laps, now has courtesy of... I mean, not, not that Blaney or Ross ran all that bad, but just because of how dominant Chase was, now has a 47-point lead over Ryan Blaney. Uh, Pocono, not historically Hendricks, or not even Pocono, uh, I meant uh, Loudon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Getting out of ourselves. Not yeah. uh, Hendricks' best track, especially lately. Uh, they've kind of struggled a bit on the flat tracks, especially this year. Uh, but, I mean, Chase was the only one that really had any, any of the Hendrick cars that had any speed at Phoenix. I don't actually remember what happened to Larson that race. Other guys just, I'm sure, had their whatever issues. But, <clears throat> so I wouldn't be surprised if they are not all that great here. Uh, but still, it, it, I do think Chase is now. It, there were, you know, maybe he wasn't like one of the favorites. Even he clearly should have been. I think right now, one if, if you ignore the fact that Ross is almost certainly going to get dumped, and I think there are several drivers that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure he doesn't make the round of or the final four. If you ignore all that, I think at this point, Ross and Chase are the two championship favorites and no one else is really all that close. Yeah. Blaney, Blaney, I'd say is close, but he's got to win. I and think Blaney and, and Larson are almost the same. I honestly might even say Larson's closer uh, mm -hmm. than Blaney, to be honest. Right yeah, now. yeah, I was gonna say Kyle Larson had an interesting day. He got a, caught up in pretty much everybody else's trouble all day. So the fact still got like know, a top yeah. fifteen finish. That yeah, car was wrecking, wrecking loose to begin with. I so. yeah, no, not not Larson's best day, but definitely not is, his fault. The car is similar to. I'm mean, also similar to the Xfinity. It's very clearly looser than the spring. Never quite got like it. Still felt like a plate race the entire time. Uh, they were never single file for all that long. But you could definitely make moves. Uh, the racing itself wasn't bad. It's still not and will continue to not be what I want to see here because I would have preferred, especially 
with this car. And as, I think under the old car, I think I'm okay with it. Honestly, I hate it, kind of, but I understand it. Because, uh, like I said, it's similar to Fontana. You have to repave it at some point. It, it's inevitable. But with this car, there is a good chance the repaved Atlanta still would have been a damn good race. Uh, with what we've seen at every other intermediate that isn't a bastard child that Texas is, uh, every other intermediate has been a top-tier race this year. I have no reason to think Atlanta would not have been had they just repaved it instead of completely um, re, uh, yeah. remodeling it, re uh, whatever we call it, reprofiling it. Reconfiguring, reprofile, remodel doesn't matter. It's you know I, I'm I'm coming ar- I'm coming around to it. I'm with you. It's not what I I, want, I don't think I'll be ever worse. be happy with it to be honest. And that's not just because uh, you're right. 100 percent could have been worse. They could have yeah. done the Texas to it. Yeah, 100 percent could have been worse. Ducks it's just schedule. <laughs> it all obviously. I I'll, let me, let me take it back. There is a chance I come around to it, but it it'll, it won't be for a few years because if this is how this always races. I will never be satisfied with it because it's never what I wanted. You know, obviously can't please everybody, and a lot of people like it, and I respect that. But this is never what I wanted from this from this track. Uh, but if it, if it uh, continues to wear out where handling actually matters a lot, which it, it certainly mattered some, although, I mean, I think most of us expected it would matter some. Honestly, it mattered less in the, the Cup Series than I thought just with how wrecking loose some guys were and still able to hang near the front. They really stayed packed up. Like, if you go back and watch the Xfinity race, they were able to split up and break apart. Even at the end where it become, became more tame and less wild, it still on, was like, what was that, like a seven nine, eight, eight, eight seven, seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, I, if it gets there eventually with the Cup Series, which it might require not running the plate package, which I think also... A lot of us have said seems like a possibility if the track wears. Uh, but I well, definitely think if it wears, they'll they'll go away from it. At, at the end of the day, we'll see. Uh, just unfortunately for the track, I'll never love it if it continues to race like this because it's not the kind of race. I think I was fine with four races where effectively anybody could win. Literally, like talent, no talent, car, no car, didn't really matter. Mattered a little bit. You couldn't be in a complete crap box, but I was okay with four. Six is is too many. There's a chance I like the race more if they just go down to one race, to be honest. I think uh, that possibly could happen, but I mean, I mean you're hearing rumors I, of schedule shakeups, so again, so maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see much of one until we get the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are certain little be changes. I obviously Chicago's street course is all but confirmed. Uh, I don't know what would necessarily take its place, but it certainly feels like there's a good chance. At some point, maybe not next year, maybe the year after, which that's only one year before I think the new TV contracts anyway. Uh, Richmond loses a date. Uh, and the only track really I feel like anywhere on the radar, other, unless they go back to Chicagoland or Kentucky. But if I mean, if the Chicago road course is a thing, I think Chicagoland is dead, dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's gonna it's happening by all accounts. So I, I unfortunately don't think they're going back to Chicago, which stinks. Cause given this car, I think that'd be a really good I mean, race. It was a, it was a good race to begin with. That's the <laughs> honestly, one of the more confusing aspects of it. Um, the Nashville fairgrounds are the only thing on there. And I, that's one we'll see coming. I think <laughs> just because of how the city council is involved in it, we'll know it's coming before it happens. <laughs> uh, so I don't think we'll see too much, but, but let's uh 
Because we got a little sidetracked here. Let's uh, let's just talk about the finish of the race because there's a lot of controversy there. That's what I was saying. Like Chase managed to rile up a lot of people, not the drivers. I think the drivers thought that was fair game, and there really wasn't anything wrong with it. Uh, the fans obviously have some other thoughts, but you know, late restart, couple laps to go. Chase Elliott wills his way to the front. Which that was a hell of a drive by Chase, you know, to get Truex up out of the way, make the move on Corey LaJoy, who had probably, even though it's a plate race, his career best race, no doubt about it. I've never seen him run that good anywhere. So was unfortunate what happened to Corey, but we go off into turn one and two on the last lap. Corey tries making a move. And I guess if you're just a Chase Elliott hater or you're blind or dumb, I don't know, any any of those three, I guess, whatever. Chase uh, ran him into the wall, not what happened at all. You can clearly tell in the replays by NBC, Corey LaJoy got into the back of Chase and got himself up there. He's just trying to make a move. Obviously, Corey's not been in that situation before. I'd like to think somebody with a little bit more experience might have been able to have that play out differently, but... Just the the whole thing that happened. What's what's your take on it? Well, you know, I'm clearly a Chase fan, so I'm gonna always be labeled as biased. Uh, I don't have any issue with with Chase's move. Was it a little bit late? Maybe. And if it was, it was like a tenth of a second late. It looked a lot worse on the live play on the live feed watching it live than it did once you saw the replay. And I mean, he clearly hit chase in the, the bumper, the right or the rear bumper. But at the end of the day, we Corey LaJoy has been a guy who has, you know, called people out before. It's not like he always is towing this line of being super nice to everybody. And he, if he had come out and been mad at chase, I would, I wouldn't have blamed him, but instead he comes out and had literally no issue with it. A lot of the media trying to get him to say something, and he refused to. Uh, straight up basically acknowledging that if he wasn't in a situation where he had to win and there was no point in finishing second, he probably doesn't wreck. Uh, he's going for broke there, and as, as he should. Uh, but, I mean, everyone gave Corey LaJoy every opportunity to complain about it, and he literally never did. In his post-race interview, didn't complain about it. Any of the interviews with the media, which sometimes, right, we see guys be pretty cordial on the post-race interview, and then they talk to the media afterwards, and they are 100% more angry than they were before. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corey didn't do any of that. Several opportunities, people obviously asked him about a lot of it and said it was fair game and is what anyone would do if they want to win. Mm -hmm. And had no issues with it, so... I think just the the thing that shocked me the most is like Chase is the most popular driver in the sport. I'm not saying he's not because with a lot of fans comes a lot of people that probably don't like you. Uh, have you ever seen like a time on social media where you have something like that happen and just so many people go on there and, and rip the driver when it's not their fault at all? Because that's what I felt like going through like Twitter and Facebook it, and Reddit and all these places after the race. It got to the point. And I, I felt this way for a while, but I think it confirmed 100%. For as much as Chase haters complain about Chase fans, they are every bit as toxic as Chase fans are. The Chase haters and like the actual fanatics, like the crazy guys, 
they are the same. They are two sides of the same coin. They are just as toxic. Chase made a racing move. Like, and all people do is, is immediately pull up the Fontana incident, which really is not. And the one only way this is similar is that one driver touched another driver and the other driver ended up in the wall. That's it. If we want to strip it down to that bare bones, yeah, and there have been a lot of things. I don't, I wasn't on um, Twitter as much as it was during this race when Gregson pulled his move at Road America, but I was on it a good bit. I did not see, and obviously it's an Xfinity race, so there are not as many eyes on it. I did not see anywhere near as many people ripping Gregson as I thought people ripping Chase for a literal race-winning move that was not that bad of a block from... Like, obviously, the, the media proper d- d- didn't really do it because they they rarely take sides in anything. But what is really the, the new media guys, which are a lot of the YouTubers, just completely ripping Chase. Uh, and it, it just... Some of them I know just do it for, like... Darian with Black Black Flags Matter. I don't think he really has an opinion one way or another. It's kind of always been his thing. Is always just, he gets the reaction, which is fine. Wants to get people going, just going He's, for that. Which I mean, yeah. it's content, so I don't blame him at all. Can't fault but him just, there. Yeah. Just the the level of animosity. Like, what's Chase supposed to do just because it's Corey LaJoy? Oh, go ahead, Corey. Let me just pull over and let you win. Like any guy who sits there and does things their driver should not have pulled that same exact move is soft. I'm sorry, period. Mm-hmm. It's soft. I think other in this field, the only driver that maybe doesn't pull that is Martin Truex Jr. And I'm sorry, you do not want to be Martin Truex Jr. at plate tracks. <laughs> oh, for, I don't know how many now at this point. So very had fair. A, had a there. chance. Had a, one of the better chances in a while. I gotta say the fact I thought seems, he was wrecked after Ross him, got him. Ross, Joy Logano. Joy Logano literally in the air, all four wheels off the ground, running top ten near the top five until he gets caught up in the incident with uh, Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch after, af- well after that wreck. I, that was, I, I have not seen a car leave the ground like that. And then there are plenty of times the car looks fine and it's just broke something underneath it. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> it was not the case. No. Uh, this was brought to my attention too by by Jeremy, who is not surprising because it's a Bowman thing. I just want to bring it up because it does reiterate something I've argued. Uh, supposedly, I, I didn't fact check any of this, but it just seems like it could be true. So I, I whether it's not, I still think it reinforces my general idea because it can certainly happen. Apparently, NASCAR started the caution clock or the damage clock. Sorry, not the caution clock. Sorry to bring back bad memories for yes. anybody. The the DVP clock, uh, when Bowman got on pit road is being pushed by the truck. Not when he was in the pit box, but once he was on there. Uh, Bowman's pit crew did not start their clock till he got into the pit box, um, which I think you could see pretty easily. Now, saying that Bowman would have been able, I don't know if Bowman's car was all that damaged. I mean, it had to have been some damage because they could have even with that loss of time just replaced the four tires. And, Got him out there. So I don't know if 100% he would have been able to uh, fix the car or not. But he didn't have a chance because there was maybe a minute. I don't know how long it took. Less time on the actual clock than the clock they're tracking in the pit box. And it is 2022. I do not know why every single one of these pit boxes does not have a clock that NASCAR controls. That is the timer for that pit crew. I do not get it. I I don't know why the clock's even going until... 
I mean, is going before they get to the box. Oh, I agree 100%. It absolutely yeah. shouldn't. But at no. the end of the day, there's a chance that if, if they know this, they do things a little different and Bowman's fine. And that's my point. There should be no question about, one, if you're on the d- damage vehicle policy or not. You can argue whether or not you should be. That's a separate thing. But there should be no question at any moment whether NASCAR considers you to be on that clock or not. And there should be no question about how much time you have left on that clock. Both of those should be 100%. The team knows it immediately. It, it is not hard to put a clock on these boxes with some kind of indicator, lighter. I mean, even the time enough would be an indicator, honestly, that you're on the clock, period. I, I, I just don't... Every, I, the more NASCAR can do to me leave things less ambiguous, the better. And this seems like a pretty easy thing. This is it's obviously happened. It's a different situation, but happened similar with Bubba at um, in the 600. Uh, it's happened here. And there have been other times where there certainly seemed to be a confusion between the guys of how much time was left or if they were on the clock or not. And there shouldn't be any confusion. This should, should be, like I said, you know, you can argue that you shouldn't be. That's a separate thing, though. There should be not any confusion as to, in that moment, how much time NASCAR says you have left and whether or not you were on the clock, period. If you're going to be that bad at it, just get rid of it. Which I'm not even a fan of. I'm 100% okay with the rule itself. Yeah, like, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta change something, I feel like, there. I don't know what, but... I do think it should be, I don't know how long it takes to replace a tow link. Uh, it should be able to be done within the caution clock. So if you have to extend the caution clock time, I'm fine with that. Uh, but with, I'll, I'll, I will give credit. They've clearly strengthened the tow links. We still have issues. Not as many as we were at the beginning of the season. Something I said I was not worried about. Continue not worried about it. It sucks that Chase got taken out of the 600 from very meaningless contact. Um, especially because in that race, cars hit the wall harder and finished... I mean, I don't remember. Briscoe caught the wall for sure. And I think harder than Chase did, honestly, and still finished top five of that race. So I'm okay with, with changing it. to. I mean, I think it should 100% be able to um, fix a toe link in it since that's the most commonly broken part. But it should be no question. There's, there's too much unknown around this, and it's, it's annoying. No, I would, I would definitely agree with that. And you know, I've, I've never been a big fan of the, the clock. I have my reasonings behind that and why I think it should or shouldn't be a thing, or why it should be lengthened. But it is what it is. The rules here, and they got to do a better job of cleaning that up. Uh, but before we get into some some of the our good finishers, any anything else about the race you want to say? No, I mean, I think the one thing I want to add, and this is just my take with how that ended. You know, I. I the people that are saying Chase Wall, Corey LaJoy, you're insane. The, the TV like said, cameras was show that. Aggressive move, sure, but if it was not, and this shouldn't matter in the driver's seat. But I'm sorry if that was Joy Logano on the outside, Chase would probably be getting called a hero right now. Well, I mean, we we didn't talk about it in the Xfinity race, but I think we were all pretty happy when Riley Herbst misjudged his uh, block and put Ty Gibbs in the wall and ruined yes. his race. Nobody, <laughs> like nobody nah, about I, that. I didn't act like like Riley Herbst was good because of it, but no. <laughs> we like, were. Uh, there were plenty we were of drivers. Sad. There were plenty of drivers where if it was them instead of Corey LaJoy they would have not been anywhere near as mad. And in that instance, I, you're, 
you there is it's a big difference between like when you're racing a guy behind a normal track you're behind a guy like zane smith at, at mid ohio where he has to make a decision there does he bump parker well you know parker's racism clean so he's not going to do that you can you don't have time at a plate track to make that decision when someone's going to your outside like you, there's not time to sit here and go well this is Corey LaJoy. would he do this would he w- w- maybe almost wall me um maybe you don't have time for that oh even in that situation how are they going to know that Corey LaJoy's never at the front yeah so, true, true, true. but i mean those are my points it doesn't matter who's out there chase makes mm-hmm. the same move yeah and i like people get so mad because oh it's a spire car he walled a spire car well he's gonna at that point in that same move gonna likely end up walling anybody uh maybe not i still think Corey could have just pulled to the inside and what did a wreck chase maybe and if it does fair game like my, my whole thing with that is that i mean you could argue maybe it was a late block he got him in the bumper couldn't have, couldn't so, have been that late if right. it was late it was right. microseconds it, it, that's how i feel at the end of the day it's like he got him in the bumper not I as bad as Ryan Blaney this nope. year. No, and no, one called, no one called for Cindric's head. No. Wow, it's the Daytona 500. That's what people are going to say. It was the Daytona 500. That's fair game. Yeah, sorry. I don't, people, I don't buy that. And I'm not going to say they're unjust. People were already mad because we spent too much time in the broadcast at Dawsonville. They're not wrong. It was a bit much. Uh, but that's why they're upset. And they're yeah. going to be upset because... There were people talking to, you know, obviously they're sarcastic because they know this is going to happen. Like, I hope we get this much coverage at uh, the next hometown guys track. Well, I promise you, if you go to Joy Logano's hometown and where is he from, Hartford, or is he just from some other city in Connecticut? Middletown, I think. Middletown, Connecticut. Connecticut. You are not going to find anything similar to what you find in Dawsonville, Georgia. You will not, other than maybe... Where's senior from? Annapolis. Maybe like back in the day, you could find similar things, not to the level still of Dawsonville, but similar things to Annapolis. But other than that, you're not going to find anything like that in any other driver's home track, exception maybe Daniel Suarez's home track. Or, or he doesn't have a home track, but maybe his hometown. Yeah. If there was ever a track nearby because those fans are very, very dedicated. They're passionate. I will give them that. And they, but every, they travel. <laughs> like they, they, they do travel. They travel great. Yep. Uh, just, there's nothing similar else in any of these other drivers' hometowns. Like, obviously, like I'm sure you could find like their family celebrating or what have you. But like Dawsonville is a crazy place when it comes to being uh, a, a Chase, Chase's hometown. So it's just it's not comparable. No. Do I think it was on the broadcast too much? Absolutely, absolutely. It was it was too much, but it's not Chase's fault. No, but it no. is it is get like obviously. I mean. He's almost getting to the point to where you could begin to argue who had a better career just because he has a championship and Junior didn't. Uh, I obviously still think Junior's career was better with two Daytona 500s and how I mean, long it was. But I, I, I got to say this since you brought that up, though. We were talking about that because there's somebody that we both know who really dislikes both of these drivers. And I was talking to him one night and he said he would take Junior over Chase. And I was like... At this point in their career, I mean, if, if Chase went off a cliff and he ran into the same problems that Junior did, sure, maybe you can make that argument. Maybe. But, like, right now, I think Chase is a more well-rounded driver. He's won at more styles of tracks. And he has the championship. Yeah, the, no. Talent-wise, so. I, I do think Chase is better. But I'm just talking, like, career-wise. Mm-hmm. And it's it just, he's if Chase was not the most popular driver, people wouldn't hate, hate him like they do. And the same thing was true for Junior. People hated Junior. 
as much as what Kevin Harvick said was bad, he, I still don't necessarily disagree with any of it. Uh, I don't think it's the kind of thing you say in public, especially when it's like a uh, someone who, I mean, I don't know that Junior considered them friends before he made those comments, but he certainly didn't dislike Harvick. Uh, and I'm sure Junior, the thing is, I'm sure Junior doesn't even disagree with it himself. I'm sure that kind of thought has been in his mind before, but you don't need to bring it up. And people get mad because the mo- the most popular driver isn't always the best driver, and they get mad that this guy is popular. Well, of course, Junior, of course, Junior was popular because of his dad, and Chase popular because of his dad, and that, that that's that's what it is. If they didn't choose this. I mean, they chose to be drivers, but they didn't choose to have these expectations just because of who their father is. And I still think there is a with his age a pretty good chance Chase ends up better than his dad. I mean, I think Chase. I think as of right now. Probably career more stats. well-rounded. Not talent, career, career stats. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's 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 a different conversation. But I mean, yeah, career stats <laughs> obviously is not there yet. Chase is very good at braking and turning, and Bill wasn't so good at the brakes most of the time. <laughs> it wasn't his his forte. But, but yeah, I mean, back back to initially what I was saying there is that, in my opinion, you know, Chase made the block. It wasn't that late, and. You know, it's what it is. That's that's how the race ended, and that's how he won. And, and nice to see him get that hometown win. Because I know, I think he was talking about it, too, in the interview on the front stretch. Like, outside of, like, winning the Daytona 500, I think there's no other win he wanted in the sport other than win. I agree. At Atlanta. I agree. So that's a, a big check mark, you know, off there of the list he, of things he wants to accomplish. So just uh, all around, you know, perfect weekend for Chase. You know, started on the pole because of the rain. Led the most laps, won both stages, won the race. So clean, clean sweep of the weekend in the Cup Series for Chase. Uh, let's uh, jump over to some finishers here, some guys to take note of before we look yeah. at the points. Yeah, we did mention it, but I mean, as much as he was kind of a wrecking ball, like Ross still did finish second with yeah. a car that had been involved in many wrecks. Like it is, like the kid has talent. He just needs. To, I guess not really a kid. He's a lot older. He's kind of like how old is he? Like 20, 20s, 28. It's like Brad Kozlowski esque. 29. Yeah. 29. He's uh, going to be 30 in December. Yeah. Brad Kozlowski esque in terms of when Brad came onto the scene. Obviously, Ross has been racing the Cup Series for a while, just never in good cars before. Yeah. Full time, anyway, before last year. Um, But still for the second, has a lot of talent, will be a championship contender. Never going to, at this point, I don't know that I'm ever going to say anyone will for sure win the championship just because of the format, but he will be a Final Four contender for quite a while. And he's going to struggle to get there when he has a target on his back that he does. Uh, Austin Cindric brought it home third, uh, up to 13th in the standings, and continues the uptick he's been on the last month and a half, two months. So, very solid race, kind of performance he needs to put it through. And uh, has so, even without the win, definitely exceeded my expectations for him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since like Ford does not seem the strongest Penske. I know it sounds, it seems crazy since Blaney's in second, but it has certainly seemed to lack like race winning speed, uh, which I feel like they did a lot of last year too, to be honest. Um, so for Cindric to still be up to 13th in the standings, uh, very solid. It's put himself in a position where at least if he keeps doing this, won't have to be worried if there are 17 winners. Cause he was kind of the guy. I think a lot of people had circled as who would miss if we got to 17, but has built a little bit of buffer. Uh, Eric Jones, second top five of the season, and also matched, which is, in last year he had zero. 
and also already matched last year's top 10 mark. Uh, certainly last couple months haven't gone the way he wanted, I'm sure, with some struggles and all these finishers that have put him in a must-win situation. But they're, they're still performing well. It's still been a very good year for him and that team. Uh, I Just because I don't think there's a better ride out there, I do hope he's back with them next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Haley brought it home seventh. His uh, second top 10 of the, career, of his, uh, of the year. Uh, solid day. Uh, they're a weird team, but I mean, he's like 22nd in points, so kept it clean, brought home top 10. And then uh, two, other, two, two guys with their first top 10s of the year. Cole Custer, his first top 10 since Dover of last year, and first single-digit finish since his rookie year, brought it home ninth. Uh, Harrison Burton, also first top 10 of his career. Like, Congratulations to Harrison Burton. Uh, Cole Custer should still be ashamed of himself. <laughs> I'm still uh, not convinced he got ninth. <laughs> I'm still not because he got in does, that wreck, and yeah. I'm just not sure. <laughs> does leave Todd Gilliland and I guess Court, uh, Cody Ware as the only guys full time that do not have top tens yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Cole Custer should be embarrassed that he was on that list as long as he was, and uh, I mean, yeah. I've ripped into him enough. And again, maybe not even his fault. It's an anomaly. But that team, someone should be embarrassed, okay? Whether it's Tony, whether it's Cole, I don't know. Somebody should be embarrassed, though. Uh, anyone else you want to highlight? Um, I mean, I think uh, I got to just mention Martin Trix Jr. for having a chance to win a plate race, even though it didn't end too well for him, especially after getting wrecked by Ross Chastain. Uh, Christopher Bell finishing 19th with part of Bubba Wallace's pit crew who again messed up. I would be a little bit worried for Christopher Bell right now in terms of making the playoffs. You know, Is the, was the Jackman one of the ones that changed? I don't remember. I, I don't remember, but you that know, one was definitely on the Jackman. That, that was on the Jackman, but you still have parts of Bubba's crew. It's if Jackman wasn't one of the guys that came over from Bubba, the, Bubba's team, then just damn, that's yeah. that's pretty well, hilarious. But well, Bubba just had something wrong with the car all day. They just never really had good speed in it. No, he ended up coming home 14th, but you know, I'm sure I he's mean, probably he, upset. Yeah, points don't do him any good right now. No, so not at all. Um, you know, obviously Corey LaJoy had a chance to win the race. Now has more laps led on the season than Alex Bowman and Kevin Harvick, who would have. Thought that would be something we'd be saying. At does this he have point more than Amarola too? Does he have more than Eric Amarola? He does. Amarola only has six laps led, so that's a another driver that I'm a bit surprised that you know Corey LaJoy would have more laps led than. So just some you know good run by him. Obviously, probably wishes it ended a little bit differently, but still a very good day. Even though he I didn't. I mean, get hey, the finish. finished top five at Atlanta last time out. Almost won this time. He probably is happy with the yeah. reconfigure. I would say so. Um, taking a look at the points, I do mention this with just the Christopher Bell issue. Kevin Harvick did take a little bit off of that. Uh, yeah, he gained a, a whole one point. One point. That's even less than I thought. It looked like he was going to get more, and then they re- they changed the uh, finishing order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's only 19 back now. Uh, finished 12th, but didn't get any stage points, so that's obviously not great. Uh, gained one point. Eric Almarola finished 8th with no stage points. Gained 5 points, but he's 42 back, and 
I, I, I'm not going to actually, I'm not going to say it's impossible for him to point his way in, uh, but he needs to be significantly closer than this after we leave Loudon if he doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the track where he's going to have the most opportunity to make up points. Uh, he needs to have a very solid run if he's if if not win. Obviously, winning would be preferred for him, but I think like you probably want to be around twenty back after this if because they've similar to other guys they've struggled for stage points this year. So he he can't he's going to likely lose points more often than gain them. And even days he does finish ahead of, of Christopher Bell and Harvick, uh, he might not get more points than him because of stage points. Um, he's going to have a problem getting points on Christopher Bell at New Hampshire because, you know, likewise, yeah, no, Bob Roll is good here. Christopher Bell is good here. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. It'll be a race to watch. Uh, only guy on the inside that's within a race uh, is Christopher Bell. Uh, finished 19th, got six stage points. Because of those six stage points, only lost a single point to Harvick. Uh, before the crew pit crew change, I was feeling pretty confident Bell would be able to outpoint Harvick. Uh, Harvick's obviously been better, but Bell still had more speed. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe the pit crew itself is just cursed, and it has nothing to do with what all the crew members are cursed. And now all you've done is spread the curse. Uh, we'll we'll find out. But I, yeah, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried. If, if I'm Bell, I would have raised hell. Like. I, I don't get why unless you do it. These, unless these were somehow guys from like Bell's Xfinity crew that he really wanted, I would be raising him. If, basically, unless Bell himself orchestrated this, which seems unlikely, I would be raising hell. The only thing I could think of, and maybe, maybe this is a little bit of a tinfoil cap type thing to say, but like Michael Jordan was at Nashville. When that twenty three team just yeah, epically no, I, listen, and if that's the reasoning, <laughs> sure, it does not change. If I'm Christopher Bell, I'm raising hell. Yes, I, I, I would think agree everyone. With that. I, I'm gonna other than maybe Bell sponsors. I would think it's probably not the craziest take that everyone at JGR, everyone at twenty three eleven, everyone at Toyota would want Bubba performing better than Christopher Bell because Bubba is a lot better for everybody involved. So it would not be surprising to me if, if they made this change to try to help Bubba. The problem is it certainly could hurt Bell, and Bell is the one fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, it's uh, I'm with you. I'd I'd be really, really upset if I was Christopher Bell. It'd be funny if Toyota did decide they wanted Bubba to do better over Bell just because they kicked Eric Jones to the curb for this kid, and now here we are a year and a half later, and you're already making decisions that are negatively affecting <laughs> the 20 teams so that's very puzzling i you know toyota's also, in an interesting spot so we'll we'll see also we um i think we are going to have a guy in the top 10 in points miss this year because harvick was initially intense uh lost a couple points because of the reorder so now he is in 11th but only by a single point uh, based on the way he's performing versus how Byron and Bowman have been performing, I think he'll outpoint them. And mm-hmm. I don't think Kevin Harvick's winning, so I think we will have at least one guy top ten in points miss, which would I'm pretty sure be the first time. Yeah, I think the closest they came, I want to say in 2017, Boyer was 11th and he missed. I might be wrong on that, I, but I think that was the closest. I, for the record, do think a better system would be similar kind of a mix between this and our initial like wild cards back in the chase where top 10 get in and then the rest are set by wins and then points if we don't have enough winners 
I would I would agree, but we know it's not going to change. I, I I in no way think it's going to change. Like I literally think there's a zero percent chance. NASCAR set up this system very purposely, made it to where second place could miss. This was clearly possible from the beginning. So all these people that think that I'm not saying they won't, especially because there are different people in charge now. So it certainly is. But people that act like NASCAR will feel like they have to change the rules if Ryan Blaney miss are crazy. I think like, there's a chance, but I'm with you. They're not going to have to change that. I, I think it's a, I think there's a chance, but I only think there's a chance because the people in charge are not the people that put in these rules. Mm-hmm. Well, the people that put in these rules, this uh, otherwise, it's how easy would you literally continue the rules you already have and just basically expand the wild cards from two to six? Yeah. Like, that's all they had to do. And instead, they very specifically, in the rules, made it. You get in first by being the regular series champion, then by wins. Any unfilled spots are then given to points. Like, it was very clear. So, could it change? Sure. But I think it would be because of uh, other people. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the bets, any, anything else on the race? Uh, no, I got one thing I want to bring up, but we could do that after the bets, because that's uh, that has nothing to do with the race itself. So let's jump into the bets here. Um, I think, I know we didn't have your picks on air because you were traveling. I, I did but add them in. I got yours in. So starting I think, off. Uh, I think we finished 1-2 with our oh, picks. Well, start, starting off with the truck series. All right. All right. I'm jumping ahead. All right. Let's uh, yeah, the yeah. Truck. I, I picked Chosen <laughs> Hosevar, who I don't have the results anymore, but I believe finished third. Mm-hmm. Uh, you picked Zane Smith, finished second. Which, like, obviously, you're not always going to be able to win. Uh, if your guys finish top three, you're pretty happy with it, especially because Parker Clickerman won. Uh, our value guys, you picked Derek Kraus. I wound up putting in Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, DiBenedetto was having a solid run before things went wrong for him. He was one of his better runs, honestly. Uh, and then things went wrong. Kraus got that at the end. Uh, both of us had Nemechek losing his head-to-head. I picked Hosovar. You picked... Uh, I just put Smith, but I'm pretty sure it was Zane Smith. Doesn't matter because Chandler Smith, I'm pretty sure, also beat John Hunter. So both of those wound up being right. In the Xfinity series, you went with Riley Herbst. I went with Sam Mayer. Both of those were wrong. Probably, honestly, should have gone with the obvious pick. It, it, it felt pretty obvious. Uh, for the value picks, you had Herbst again because he was already a value level. Uh, I had Sheldon Creed. Creed was looking strong there at one point. Uh, didn't end up finishing there. Uh, for the head-to-head there, you picked uh, Austin Hill over AJ Allmendinger. That one to being right. Uh, I don't know if you talked about it, and I don't even know if it was up at the time, but DraftKings had a pretty interesting uh, Sage Karam over Noah Gregson. At pretty good paying odds for Sage Karam, and obviously normally you would never touch that, but you give me someone on a play track like plus 400, I think he was, to beat someone else, uh, I'm going to take that guy almost every day of the week. Obviously it didn't work out. I think they had an engine issue, but... Uh, at the actual race itself, you picked Ross Chastain, who, I mean, finished second. But I did pick Chase Elliott, continuing off the momentum. Uh, so got that win there. I think my only, I have to go back and look, and maybe I will before the next one. I think Chase might be the only winners I've picked right this year. It, you've uh, gotten them um, all three wins? <laughs> all I three wins. All three wins. Uh, I picked him at the 600, where he had a car that could have won and, and didn't. Picked him at Road America as well, where he almost won, finished second. Uh, we'll, I will just go ahead and say, not going to be picking him this weekend, but uh, for the value guys, you picked Brad, who had an okay race, had issues too, but was up there near-ish, you know, the top 10 and stuff. I picked Eric Jones, who finished, I don't even remember anymore, fourth, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, our head, our group matchups, not good. 
not good, Brandon, not good. Uh, I got the first one right. Picked Elliot, you picked Ross. So uh, next one was Larson, Kyle Busch, Joy Logano, and Bubba Wallace. I believe Kyle Larson finished the highest of these guys. Oh, me too. Uh, we both picked Bubba, who finished second in, in that matchup. Uh, so, uh, then we had Hamlet, Reddick, Suarez, and Bell. And Suarez, very invisible race, but I think brought it home six. Yep. Uh, won that matchup, obviously. And then Truex, Kurt Busch, Bowman, and Harvick. Uh, somehow Truex was the highest finishing guy. <laughs> I uh, don't think anyone expected that at a play track. Uh, I picked Harvick, which was close. I think Harvick literally might have finished. I don't remember where Truex finished, but I think Harvick might have finished one spot behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt yeah, Busch had his issues. So. Truex was 11th yeah, and Harvick was 12th. Was 12th. So. Yeah, so I mean, we were not good on those, but we missed on a couple of them by one spot. So, Well, you picked yeah. Kurt Busch there, so you missed. Oh, did him. I? Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah well, you know what? Kurt, Kurt was. I don't know. I know he got in that wreck. He ran into Corey LaJoy. I don't know where he was exactly when he did that. So maybe he was in front of Truex there. Yeah, he could have been. I don't remember. So it is what it is. Um, I always tell myself not to bet heavy on plate tracks. I was a little better this week. I still wish I was a little better than I was, though, because it was not a fun weekend when it came to that. Um, So one yeah, no. Oh, I, I literally only I made a fantasy team for Mid Ohio, and that was it. Yeah, that was probably smart. <laughs> I I cut back a little bit, but it still uh still wasn't enough apparently. One last thing before we sign off on here, and this is something I don't know if you were following about it when it came out over the weekend, but just some news on Kyle Busch's contract situation with Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing president dave alpern might be butchering that last name but he did have some statements on there and i think the one thing that caught my eye was just the wording of everything when you come out and you say you will have something decided in the very near future that doesn't sound as confident as what we've heard previously i also followed that up with another quote that was not in the article from the charlotte observer which was Ty Gibbs would be plan B, which is also something that goes against what Joe came out and said, you know, a couple weeks ago, about probably a little more, probably about a month or two ago at this point, saying Ty would be staying in the Xfinity series. Anything to read into this? Well, I mean, I think most of what you've said seems pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty spot on. Um, I still do not think Kyle's leaving, but I will also say up until recently, I was pretty adamant that I don't care what Joe Gibbs says. Uh, absolutely. Ty Gibbs could be in the cup series next year. So it's very on brand for us that it, within a couple of weeks of where I finally give in and say, maybe Joe Gibbs means what he says um, that they basically come out and say, no, he could, he could definitely be in the series next year. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm not saying Kyle Bush is leaving. But if, you know, there's some type of, you know, percentage of him staying or leaving, it's swinging a little bit based on these reports to him leaving. It's funny because I feel like uh, Truex signing increases chances. But as the longer we go on after Truex is signed, that Kyle still isn't re-signed. 
uh, the less confident I become that he is there next year. I mean, I know I have him penciled into the 10 car if he does leave. You have Rick Allen. I don't know if he heard something on the broadcast, but kind of teasing like Amarola might have second thoughts. Like, I don't know what's going on there either. I don't know where that came from. That He's not the first person I heard say it, though. I've I've read some comments uh, on Twitter, on Reddit, that like he was more non-committal about retirement. Uh, obviously, I think if Kyle's available, he just retires. I don't, I don't. It's, it's not up to him if Kyle Busch is available. <laughs> it's just not. And just I, there's literally nowhere else Kyle could go. Like <laughs> quite literally, there are no. I mean, obviously, there are places he could go. There's nowhere else he would go. Uh, just every other car that is available is just not even in the remotely same tier. I, I know the personally, one, man. Like, oh, the God. one exception, and there's no way this happens, but if anyone could pull it off, it would be them, is a third track house car. Yeah, that'd be nuts. <laughs> that would be nuts. That, that's but... the only other... That I don't, like, obviously, there's 0% chance, short of... Michael Jordan paying him literally tens of million dollars, and he goes to the tw- to twenty three eleven, uh, because he would one hundred percent view it as a demotion, and to be quite frank, he should. Um, and nowhere else has any openings, or really feels like they're in a spot where they would expand. I don't think twenty three eleven should, or uh, sorry, well, I don't think they should either. But Trackhouse should. But if there's a chance you get Kyle. We've we've seen some crazy things the last couple of years, and and if I Kyle, I certainly prefer Trackhouse over Stuart Haas. With how they are right now, yes, I think I, I think a lot of it too really comes down to what what's going to happen with ABM. Him going to Ford would shake up the Toyota pipeline a lot because they have a lot of talent, and the, they would lose a whole team. The in terms only of where to put it just like Ford doesn't seem to really care about their development program. They should. They should. I agree. They they, they don't. They so. I get the feeling they're ready to let Zane Smith walk, and it would be weird if they suddenly like were giving Kyle the money he needs to run the team. Like it would be a huge hold up. It would be a huge get for Ford. Like I think Ford should absolutely do it. I just don't think they are. Mm -hmm. I they just have seem to care so little about their development program. They certainly seem to. Be like, well, we'll just get whoever we get, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, and I think that's the the wrong move, but it's it's working so far. But I mean, like, you got to have somewhere for Zane Smith to go. Like, you you just do at this point. I I don't. I mean, obviously, if Kyle brings a truck team over, is that the lateral move at that point? It's not moving up, but like, you you need space to put these guys, and they don't they don't have rides for anybody. Like, at least. I think we both agree somebody like Ryan Priest deserves a full-time ride. You get somebody like Kyle Busch, while Ryan Priest is not a prospect, at least you have a place to put him for next year. You might be able to get John Hunter Nemechek, too, if he doesn't go and take a higher-end Toyota ride somewhere. If he wants to stick with Kyle and get that move over to Ford, well, then you have him back, and maybe you can yeah. find a way to keep Zane Smith somehow. I don't know, but like, I, you need more rides in the lower series for these kids. Like, I certainly think... it. Ford is less interested. I don't know. The general feeling I have is that not that Ford would view getting, and I think this is clear with Toyota's comments as well, that getting Kyle Busch or KBM as a huge get 
Toyota knows how much it would hurt to lose them. Uh, that's a huge hole in your development program. So, I like, I don't, I don't know what John Hunter's future is, but you lose KBM, you got to find places for Corey Heim and Chandler Smith. Like, those are two guys. Where are they going to end up next year? You gonna, you gonna go and buy some crap team to house them? Are you gonna try to buy people out of Thor Sport? Which, I mean. Maybe there could be some openings at Thorspor. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but it's it's interesting. It's a it's a tough spot to be in if you're Toyota. If you lose your flagship truck team over something like this, I guess maybe you could expand Joe Gibbs Xfinity team a little bit. Maybe you could expand Sam Hunt Racing, who they've looked a little bit better with people other than um, John Hunter in that car recently. So. I don't know, but it's just something to keep an eye on. You know, I think the more and more we go into the year and nothing's been announced, it it seems, while probably as of right now, a small chance, it, it's going to get bigger and bigger that maybe Kyle's going to walk and go to another team for next year. But just something to keep an eye on as we come near the stretch run here coming into the playoffs. That'll do it for tonight's episode of the Bernie Breakdown. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will be back later in the week with a preview for New Hampshire. Until then, guys, we will catch you around, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms. 